0: No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now.
1: Well, points were gained by both teams, Mm -hmm. but minutes of our lives may have been wasted (laughs) (laughs) in watching the entirety of that contest. But nonetheless... It is a victory for the Winnipeg Jets. Maybe not a victory for us at home having to sit through it in what certainly was not the game of the day or the game of the year. Or the broadcast of the year. Well, you know, whatever, that's a separate issue entirely. But at the very least, if you're going to have to watch the game, and if you're a fan of the Winnipeg Jets, you're much happier with that game ending with a victory than you are with any other result. And with that prelude out of the way, I say good evening, Winnipeg, good evening, Manitoba, and for all that are joining us on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve. Post Game Show with Dave Manuk. I'm your host, Ruman Back at it. We just finished about uh, just under six hours ago, but right back in the saddle we go. That is what we do here at Illegal Curve. Nice to see so many of you joining us on this Saturday, late afternoon, early evening. We've had that debate before, Dave M., but I don't think we need to rehash it exactly no. what the time frame of the day is.
0: No, you're right, Drew. And and look, well, thank you everyone for for sticking with us here at Illegal Curve Inc. I mean, it's been a, a long time. It, there will be some games that are even tighter than this yeah. one. This is a there's two old, o'clock start. There's an eleven thirty start against Carolina, right. yeah. and another one is it, Drew? We talked about this already. I believe it's the Islanders game or something like, or Washington, maybe Washington. I think there's also another either eleven thirty or noon game. So there will yeah. be some even tighter turnarounds. But I don't know if those ones are Saturday. They, I think one of them might one of be a them Saturday. Is a Saturday. One of them no, is a Saturday. So you're uh, going to look at right now. <laughs> you're going to literally finish the Illegal Curve of Hockey Show. I may, may, may get the Illegal Curve of Hockey Show podcast posted in that <laughs> half an hour uh, amount of time and then puck drop. And then we'll be back here on the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. But that's that's not for right now. This is to focus, of course, on the hockey yeah. game we watched in Ottawa. You're talking uh, which, about it, it, it. It's it's Saturday,
1: March the twenty third. Okay. Uh, the Jets play at twelve noon on Long Island. So the so the yeah. the illegal curve hockey show will end at eleven a.m. and then the Jets game will start an hour later. Uh, the, that's the that's the day you're talking about where it's going to be a real quick turnaround
0: for us. Right, and then the eleven thirty game. I don't believe. It's a I think Sunday. it's a Monday it's the next or day. Sunday. Right. It's okay. The next day. Yeah. All right. So that we don't to, don't worry about that one. We won't be. We maybe we'll do a pregame show. Who knows? But anyways, the believe me. It'd be nice to have a pregame show that actually spoke about this hockey game as opposed to watching, you know, what we watch today. But anyways, again, that's it's
1: it's hockey day in Canada, Dave, or as I like to call it H. No, I'm not even going to say it. I was going to say it, but I'm not going to say it. I've been thinking about saying it all day. Well, I'm not going to use the acronym that only I invented.
0: Yes, the one that you thought was very popular, but it turned out it was only popular with you in your <laughs> framework. But I will say that I can the... say H Nick
1: without any trouble. It's the when it's hockey day in Canada, that might be where it gets a little bit risque on the
0: acronym usage. Sure, okay, there you go. But anyways, <laughs> the fact of the matter is that uh, yeah, I mean, look, it was the one, the one player, and I and I tweeted this from the illegal curve account. The one player who I thought was outstanding and deserves a steak dinner was Connor Hellebuck. Uh, there's no question about it. We know we talk about him often, as he often likes to reference that Connor Hellebuck loves the afternoon starts. Yeah. Well, it didn't appear the rest of the Jets uh love the afternoon starts because they didn't play a very good game. There was a lot to me, and again, I would be curious to know what others observed, but to me, there seemed to be a lot of standing around, a lot of watching by the Jets, and it really was Connor Hellebuck keeping his team in it, especially during that PK specifically when they had a flurry of shots. In the third period, late in the third period, there was an opportunity where, you know, the the Senators ring it off the post, and then the, they get the puck quickly. And Jets are standing around watching, almost like they thought the hit the puck at the post and went out of play. And good thing for Hellebuck, he was still you know in position because he makes a nice stave and he stops the the play. But to me, uh, this game was all about Connor Hellebuck, uh, really, and the Jets. Just didn't look like they had that flow. And so it's it's been a little bit of a time here now where the Jets haven't been necessarily at their best. They keep that streak going against the the Eastern Conference, 12-1 and 3, I believe, is their record now against the East. So yeah. they have a fantastic record against the Eastern Conference. But again, this is not a game, especially, and we'll talk about the special teams, Drew. No, well, that's once okay. again. And I know the Jets PK has been better, you know, even yeah. though they've got a bad PK overall, and we mm-hmm. talked about this, it's not easy to get your PK when you've had half a season already. And it's in the late, you know, in the twenties, I think they're 27th They they're at around 97% the last seven or eight games. They've been very good, but it's going to be hard to overcome the, the, the poor start, but the, so the PK was good. Again, the power play, I think left them wanting. And I jokingly said neither the Jets nor the senators power play would be watched by video coaches and pointed to you and say, do this.
1: <laughs> well, you know, and, 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 you know, I was tugging, I was, I was thinking about it and I was, you know, thinking about the the game and and how we would talk about it and what to break down. And I mean, look, this game could have ended a lot quicker for the Winnipeg Jets if they just take advantage of the power play opportunities. And it's not like the Senators have, you know, we we talked about it this morning on the Illegal Curve Hockey show. You know, the Senators have one of the worst penalty kills in the league, and they take some of the most penalties in the entire NHL. So they put it on a platter for you, and Mm -hmm. the Jets couldn't take advantage of it. Now, they're not going to, you know, had the game ended with a Jets defeat, then that would have been certainly a a more significant talking point that another one of the games this year, and there's been a number of them where, uh, you know, victory was there for them, but the special teams let them down. In this case, it would have been the power play. You know, when Thomas Shabbat takes a penalty five and a half minutes in, then Brady Kachuk takes that charging penalty in the first period. Uh, Mm -hmm. So you, you have multiple power play opportunities. Just take advantage of them. Right. You know that's all you have to do is you have to find a way to score on a bad team playing with a bad penalty kill and the jets weren't able to do that now it doesn't end up biting them in the behind because of Nikolai Ehlers and his overtime winner and we'll get to that and of course because Connor Hellebuck when he plays an afternoon game is the world's most powerful force (laughs) the likes of which we haven't seen and mere mortals cannot comprehend the things that he can do when playing an afternoon game but the jets really I mean look this had better be their worst game of the of the four that they have to play before right. the end uh, before the the All Star break and the bye week because if it's not they're going to lose I mean it's just mm-hmm. that simple you can't go to Boston play like this a- a- and expect to win you can't do that against the Maple Leafs even though they wow. have you know a- as few regulation wins as the San Jose Sharks do and I never tire by the way of bringing up the stat of how few regulation <laughs> wins the Leafs have but yeah. you can't play like they played tonight and get away with it against good teams now ottawa is not a good team and they probably deserve better and everything else and blah 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 and all that jazz but that's a matter of learning how to win ottawa doesn't know how to win the jets do know how to win and that's why they pull off this victory but you have to you know know that, that dressing room had better be sitting there saying this is not good enough today uh, for us to move forward this week against boston and then the two games against toronto
0: no absolutely not and and Again, you know, this team had the benefit of rest, right? Like, they they got the time off from Rick Bonus. They were supposed to be rested and ready to go, and they just didn't look like a team that was ready to go. And whether it was... I mean, look, I will say, I mean, they took a lot of shots in that first period to start the game. They didn't hit mm-hmm. the net a lot, and so Ottawa had the benefit of out-shooting them because they were hitting the net, you know, more than the Jets were, but... Right. You know, with, and not not with good chances from the Senators' perspective. I'm for sure, sure, for sure, no. not, for sure, not. But I'm just saying that it was just funny because it just had a good start, and you thought, okay, but then you're lucky, and they're like, none of these shots are actually hitting the net, mm-hmm. and so, anyways, it didn't. It was it was just sleepy. It was a sleepy first period, and of course, we'll get into the the game recap. I thought the refs were way too like, yeah, to me, like again, it, refereeing isn't. Again, we're not refs. I'm not going to pretend to be one, you know, we ask scouting the refs when we need insight used to be one for the record, just throwing that out there. When I, you know, when I was a, a wee lad, I did officiate minor hockey. Sure. But, but what I guess what I'm ultimately trying to say here is that I don't think anybody is going to care if the refs call the game, the way the game is supposed to be called, but to do what they did, which was essentially not much in the first. Okay, fine. Then in the second they go trigger happy and they're calling absolutely everything. And then the third, you put it away. And it's like, what game are you watching? What am I supposed to be understanding here? And how is that any flow to a hockey game? And again, like I said, that's not said from a Jets perspective or a Senator's perspective. That's just said from someone who watches hockey and says, just, just stop. It doesn't need to be like done that way. Call the penalties that are egregious. Don't call the stuff that's marginal and, and just let the game flow. And, and this idea that refs have to have an impact. And then again, you're having an impact. Because to watch to watch that second period and see how many penalties got called, and then to watch the third, and to see stuff that was again maybe marginal, but it was the same stuff we saw in the second. But the ref put the whistles away. Again, this is a this is a criticism for both teams, not one in particular. Uh, I just I can't stand the way it impacts the flow of the game, yeah. and it's just unfortunate. But like I said, it ultimately, you know, it gave both teams opportunities to do something on the special teams. Neither team did. Neither team's power play. And and I you know I highlighted one of the comments. And I appreciate the remember reminding folks to smash the like button. And for the record, if you listen on the podcast and you still have a, you have a YouTube channel, there's nothing stopping you from coming on here after the fact
1: <laughs> and smashing
0: the like button. So you'll be don't number forget. one. Times hard if you do that. Yeah. But no, what I was going to say, and that we highlighted the comment is just the idea that like the Jets power play is not good and mm-hmm. it needs work. And like, you can't stress it enough. Their five on five play has been fine, but well, that was being very good. Sorry. Um, and it's funny because today's the, this was the 100th goal. That includes goal uh, shootout goals, I should say. But the 100th goal again, so the Jets have joined the hundred club. Some would say they their 99th because I think they're removing one of the shootout goals. But ultimately, I mean, again, to me, this team continues. I mean, 34 straight games now, Drew, without their one-off the record of the set by the Minnesota Wild in 2014-15 of 35 straight games. And the Boston Bruins did it with 44 uh, back in you know, your birth year, 28, 29, the 1900s. And then I think that's what now, the 14th, this is your big stat, the 14th straight game of allowing two goals or less. So, I mean, again, defensively, this team, this team defensively has been good, despite the fact that there were some lapses tonight. And, and, no, I was just going to say, but again, to me, the the, I don't know that the forward lines are working. I think they need to be rejiggered a little bit because I don't think that what they've got, as they've got it constructed, is working. Look, it, it, it's not working. I think they're you're missing. The, today was the. I
1: don't say today was the first game that they evidently missed Mark Scheifney because they definitely yeah. missed him against Philadelphia as well. But today was just a. It was a grind, and you could see that it was a struggle. Uh, you know, Velarde, Lowry, and Connor. You know, were nothing to write home about today. Nope. I believe the Jets. Best line, from my uh, perspective, was the um, Nemesnikov, Ehlers, and, and Perfetti. Uh, I thought they were the, the line that had the most uh, zone time and the most, uh, you know, uh, possession-positive line. And uh, my eye test, ba- you know, is backed up by the numbers here. Look, it was not a very good game by the Winnipeg Jets. And, you know, we'll praise them to the high heavens when they deserve it, and we'll criticize them even in, in the face of a victory. And that's mm-hmm. what they get. So they're, you're happy you get the two points. You, you know you don't miss out on that opportunity or anything like that. But it was a it was a grind for the Winnipeg Jets today. And look, Connor Hellebuck was the reason. And you know we've said it so many times, and he hasn't had to be the reason as many games this year as in past games. Right. But today, when they needed him the most, he stood up for them and and made the key saves uh, throughout the course of the game until Nikolai Ehlers was able to pull it off there. At the end, I mean, this was not a very appealing game. The overtime was entertaining,
0: it was the opposite yeah. of the game.
1: Yeah, it was the opposite. <laughs> really of the game. Was. I mean, you know, it, I checked. I mean, again, and you know, the entirety of the game, Dave, you know, high danger chances. The Senators had seven, the Jets had five. I mean, that is mm. a dull, dull hockey game, exactly. When, when, when you, when you, each team is, is combining for 12. Uh is, is combining where you're combining for 12 high danger chances at five on five in the course of the game. And then it's not like the power plays were uh you know lightened things up either, even though there were so many power play opportunities in the course of the game. Each team's mm. power play was was not very entertaining. I thought the Jets no. power plays at least um you know they, they had some zone time at the very least, but again. All in all, this was not an aesthetically pleasing game by any stretch of the imagination. But that said, the Jets will gladly run away. They are back atop the NHL standings, uh, depending on what happens later on today with Vancouver and with Boston. Uh, but regardless of what happens there, the Jets will be atop in points percentage, which is, again, you know, a, a good place to be. So when you can say that they don't play well and you can criticize them for not playing well, at the same time, you're still the top team in the NHL. So you can get uh, all praise for that uh, for that uh, statistic being the case and like you said, they they kept everything to the outside for the most part. Connor Halibuck did a, his yeoman's job and the, mm-hmm. the you know goals against streaks that are as I believe, not being really emphasized or talked about enough, uh, not in Winnipeg obviously, but just how impressive they are that they've gone you know 34 straight games now giving up three goals or less. Twenty-two straight giving up two goals or less in regulation, and fourteen straight giving up two goals or less in general. That to yeah. me, it, those numbers are so incredible that I don't think uh, enough people are paying attention to just just how significant an achievement that
0: is. No, I, I again, I, I, that that to me is the standout from these games, right? Because Ottawa just finished a game yesterday, their last one where they won six two, right? You're, you're talking about a team that even when you're not playing optimally. Even when your best players are out of the lineup or even when your team just, again, doesn't have it going on, mm-hmm. you're able to still play within a certain structure. And ultimately, you don't want to do this because, you know, Rick Bonus on Friday literally said to us about how this team doesn't fall back into the bad habits right. from a few years ago. Now their habits to fall back into are the ones that he and his staff have tried to instill in this team since they took over. But I mean, one of the habits we've characterized from this Jets club, when you have the Vesna goaltender that they do, is that they tend to allow him to save games for them. And so, again, to my mind, watching this team, there were some there were some breakdowns, which you expect in hockey games. That's like Rick Bonus said, you're always going to have that in a hockey game. No team is perfect, mm-hmm. not even the best. But ultimately, um, you know, Connor Hellebuck once again making a, a, you know a statement about how he is the best goaltender in the NHL because. I mean, look, he he was beaten on a nice play, you know. With it, and I won't get, do it too much because we don't have that many goals to go over. So I don't no, want to ruin it, the recap. The,
1: the Bethway game recap won't take very long. There's but like I've also got goals. a moose
0: game. But I've also got a moose game to get to in one hour's time. So there I mean, I go. might, you know I'm gonna have to do a quick outfit change because they won't let me wear my hoodie and my sweatsuit. My I'm gonna have to change it from my sweatsuit into my regular suit. So it'll be a uh, I'll be at a certain point I'll have to we'll have to bug out, but. At the end of the day, you, you look at what this team can do, and we've said this, Drew, how many times on the show, you don't apologize for the, having the best goaltender in the league. No, you do not. You just don't. I mean, that's yep. just a statement of fact. And you know, some games, when your team isn't, like, firing on all cylinders, you get to fall back on on having Connor Hellebuck. And, and so this team has done that today. And, again, this team has still continued to do what is – again, it's a remarkable feat. And if you look at the teams that have done what they're doing right now with all of these defensive metrics – Those teams do not necessarily always win the Stanley Cup, but oftentimes they're right there. And that's, again, that's a statement for what this team has accomplished through 44 games of the season. I agree wholeheartedly with everything you said there.
1: Uh, Let's get into the Betway game recap on this Saturday afternoon, talking about the Jets' 2 1 victory over the Ottawa Senators. The Betway game recap. Before we get into the Betway game recap, and I want to do say a, we do say a, a big thank you to our friends at Betway as well. I just want to make sure that uh, uh, you know I, I see that there, Al is in the chat, and Al joins us from Cyprus, and I see okay. Brent is in the chat, and I believe Brent is joining us from Japan, and I think that Al and Brent are friends who may have reconnected here in the chat room. So Al and Brent, if if we've made connection and and rekindled friendship. Between Cyprus, Japan, and the Winnipeg Jets and illegal curve, tell us about it in the chat because I think that'll be uh, an interesting story at the very least. So I saw that sort of conversation going on out of the back of my eye or out of the corner of my eye. and I want to know what uh, what's going on with that conversation between Al and Brent and Cyprus and Japan and worldwide here, of course, on the illegal curve. We are a worldwide game show. I know we are. That's the beauty of the internet, my friend. It is a Saturday afternoon. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, with you here on this, uh, the 20th day of January, talking about the Jets' 3-2, uh, pardon me, 2-1 victory over the Ottawa Senators. 3-2, Drew. I was getting ahead of myself. 2-1. My apologies. Uh, it is the Betway game recap. The scoring doesn't start till the second period. But that first period was uh, nothing to write home about uh, from no. uh, for either team. It was a, the proverbial feeling out period the Jets getting a whopping four shots on goal despite having two power play opportunities uh the Senators getting seven shots on goal to fighting despite having one power play opportunity it certainly was not a riveting first period I thought the most entertaining part was Brendan Dillon standing up uh for Dominic Toninato after yeah. uh after Brady Kachuk shockingly uh had a questionable hit uh, on, on a player and Brendan Dillon coming up and standing up for his teammate uh, after that uh, after that uh, penalty that he was assessed and the, and the
0: subsequent fight. Yeah, I, I agree, Drew, and I, and I thought Brendan Dillon was honorable with uh, his decision making because yeah. he could have pounded uh, Kachuk into into uh, smithereens if he wanted to, because Kachuk got his jersey up and over his head. So if Dillon really wanted to uh, to do some damage, he could have, and he, he chose to just stop the fight at that point. But no, I mean, of course, you like that's again, that's part and parcel to me to what this team is all about and how they stand up for each other and how they defend each other. And so he doesn't like the hit. And like I said, the one thing I hate in hockey, like when Brad Lambert got got pulverized in Laval, you understand why the teams want to come to his defense. But it was a clean hit. There's nothing wrong with that hit. And so. I don't like it when guys have to fight after delivering a clean hit, because otherwise, what's the point of having hitting in hockey? Right. But when you have a hit that is is questionable and, you know, Kachuk is uh, not exactly known as being the cleanest of players <laughs> that, uh, you know, despite the fact that his mom was in attendance watching with all the other Senators' moms before they go on the Sen' moms trip. So and she's a of course a I was going to say she's
1: a Winnipeg. Do you think she had
0: any you felt any
1: allegiance to the Jets or are you pretty sure no. she was cheering for the uh, for Brady not. and the Senators at that I point think, in time? I'm pretty
0: sure she was instrumental in getting Keith to sign that uh, offer sheet from the Chicago Blackhawks, which I still haven't forgiven him for. But anyways, that's a story for another another day. I'm joking, by the way. I don't know that she was instrumental in said in said offer sheet, which was that what was that like six million a year or something like that at the time? Something like, I think it was we like a three year deal at six million. A but it was front loaded, if you remember. So that's yeah. how they, the, you know, because the Jets were, of course, you
1: know, on their way out for this is Jets 1.0, and so they made it so that the, uh, the a lot of the money
0: had to be paid yeah. by the team when it was still in Winnipeg, as opposed right. to when it had moved uh, was going to move yeah. to Arizona. Yeah, but anyways, so um, look, I, I just like that he stands up for him, and I thought the. Comments by Brendan Dillon. I was going to save it for the second intermission, Drew, but I can I can read them now because I just I liked the way he spoke uh, when he was actually doing his post game interview and he was asked about you know the Jets and having fun in Winnipeg and so his his comment was it's been a blast from day one of training camp a lot of new faces here this year but we're just having fun we're enjoying it we're playing a complete team game and I think everyone's reaping the benefits individually. He went on to speak about how unselfish the team has been and praised head coach Rick Bonus for how he's quote running the ship the right way. And, and again, you know, at this point, the Jets are up one nothing. So, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm jumping ahead before we jump back, but I just think it speaks to, you know, the way this team, again, even in the games that they're not loving overall, are just having a good time and, and how they are, are um, like, I don't want to say a brotherhood, because I think every team's like that for the most part, but they just seem to have a lot of fun, this group. And, you know, winning is, of course, uh, a fun thing. This team doesn't do a lot of losing, of course, so, uh, but I, I think it just spoke to the idea that this team is, is very connected. And so, you know, and again, that now pulling it back to the Toninato, so you see Toninato kind of go down, holding his head a little bit. So he comes to his defense and you like to see that from a guy like Brendan Dillon. Yeah, you absolutely, you're absolutely right. You do
1: like to see that, uh, for, uh, you know, for Brendan Dillon standing up for his teammate in that instance. So no scoring after, uh, 20 minutes, uh, certainly a dull 20 minutes, ooh third, you know, the second period wasn't much better. The Senators were certainly the better of the two teams uh, to in that second period, but the Jets do open the goal of the scoring and it comes at the fourteen thirty-five mark of the second period. He's on a heater. Mason Appleton after being snake bit for so many games. He finally gets off the schneid and as it usually happens, they begin to come uh, one after another. We'll see if there's another to come after that, but it is his eighth of the season assist to Nino Niederreiter and Dylan Samberg, uh, and it's a it's, it's a very nice play. It's a flip pass uh, by Samberg that really starts it off, and then Niederreiter and Appleton is able to get to the middle of the ice, and he snipes it past Eunice uh, Corpusalo, who
0: actually played a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. With Senators, and it's one nothing
1: for the Jets at this point in time.
0: Well, and did you see his numbers against the Jets, Drew? I mean, he's been he's been very good against Winnipeg. I think he's won four of his last five games against the Jets. So. Uh Corpusalo is one of the guys who enjoys when the Winnipeg Jets are in town or if coming to Winnipeg. Of yeah. Of course, especially when it's minus 20. Who doesn't love that? But uh Mason Appleton, I mean, we talked about it. It's amazing because I was looking at the numbers. And, you know, with with the exception of the the COVID shortened season when they only played 56 games, that was his best year because he put out, I think he had 12 goals that year in 56 games. Of course, had they played more, he would have scored more, but he's on pace for 14. So it's amazing to to see that a guy is. Is about to hit a career high. It could hit a career high this year, despite the fact that he had a 25-game goalless drought in between uh, his goal in the Islanders game and his goal, his last goal prior to that. So, uh, Mason Appleton, you know, you you can just see the joy level for him at least getting in on that. And and to me, the the impressive part about this, when I watched the replay of it during just after the goal was scored, was every guy on that on the ice touched the puck. So sure, the assists go to Sandberg and Niederreiter. Right, Toninato and, and Schmidt both played a role in in directing that puck. Uh, you know, up towards the ice, or I wow. guess technically Toninato put it back, but uh, or Schmidt put it back, but. The the point is that they eventually got it moving in the right direction. So it's it's a again two
1: hundred foot goal to your point, because it starts mm-hmm. behind the Jets net or it starts right by Connor Hellebuck with the breakout play. That's where the Jets, you know, where where now the Jets are also, I think, fortunate on this one, Dave, that Drake Batherson uh plays it in the way that he does, where he tries to jump sure. to catch the puck or knock it down rather than sort of stay with his guy that leads to the the odd man rush. But you know, for the Jets, you know, there it's you you see them the breakout and everybody is supporting one another to get to that point where they're able to transition the puck. Well, so that is to your point, I think, you know, where the jets are, you know, that's a, that's a good sign for the jets and that they're still, nobody's cheating there. They're, they're focusing
0: on the defensive side first that eventually leads to the offensive opportunity. No, I, and that's exactly what it comes down to, right? Is the fact that you, you make the right reads, you play that puck well, and credit Dylan Samberg. I jokingly mm-hmm. said he may not score another goal this season, but or a goal this season, but he's up to 12 assists, and it was a nice heads-up play, and whether he intended that pass to set up what obviously ultimately came about, which of course was the Nita Rider, was a three-on-one with Nita Rider, Ton and Appleton, um, it was a nice play, and it was a good, you know, again, it was a good vision by the young man to kind of get that opportunity for his teammates, and, you know, look, credit Nino Nita Rider for for, you know, passing it over to Appleton and Appleton again, when you're starting to feel a little bit better about your game, mm-hmm. you start to, you know, you're not, you're not tensing up. You're not holding onto the stick too tightly. And Appleton get having had scored that goal of the last game. You know, he scores a pretty nice goal for his eighth of the season. So uh, he's feeling good and the Jets are feeling good because even if they're not playing the best period, they're up one, nothing. Right. You know, good teams find a way, et cetera, et cetera,
1: because that, you know, possession wise, that first that second period was pretty awful. The Jets only had 21 percent of the possession at five on five in that second period. So the Senators really were the better of the two teams. If it wasn't for Connor Hellebuck, it could have been very much an Ottawa Senators lead rather than a Jets lead. Go ahead. Yeah, Dave. Well, I
0: was going to say and specifically going back to one of the I don't remember which uh, power player for the Senators or penalty kill for the for the Jets it was specifically. But there was the one where it was towards the end of the second and literally the sound of the puck hitting Connor Hellebuck's pad, it was like, boom, makes a save. Boom, makes a save. But it was just, it was unbelievable because the Sens had great pressure and he was unbelievable.
1: Yeah, well, that's Connor Halbuck in a nutshell for the Winnipeg Jets, and has been for many, many yeah. years. Uh, so one nothing for the Jets uh, after 20 minutes, uh, you know. And then the second, the third period starts, and the question is, I you mean, know, mean, Drew,
0: we're already into 40 minutes. What are you talking about? He said 20 minutes.
1: Uh, sorry, uh, you're right because there was nothing in that first period. I t- we told you that the get- betway game recap was going to be sleep. a relative. Yeah, well, the, the game put me to sleep a little bit. Uh, you know, thankfully, my daughter was listening to a podcast. You know, and even though I offered her to put her headphones on, she decided she didn't want it. She want daddy to hear the podcast at the same time. And to be honest, the podcast was a lot more entertaining than, than different parts of this game. Uh, so thanks to Aaron for uh, keeping me entertained that way. Um, but you know, one, nothing for the jets and then the, the Ottawa senators and they deservingly. So uh, get a, a tying goal. Four minutes and 43 seconds into uh, the third period. Ironically, it's after what I thought was one of the Jets' better shifts, um, you know, in the course of the game. The Jets didn't have very many successful shifts uh, at, uh, at five on five. I thought it was one of the better ones, but the Senators transition up the ice, and it is, I believe, Parker Kelly... Getting yeah. his sixth goal of the year for the Senators. Uh, certainly not what I would describe as a household name, but he gets the assist from Vladimir Tarasenko and Josh Norris, uh, returning to the Senators' lineup uh, earlier uh, in today's game after missing four games with an upper body injury. Parker Kelly getting his goal and the Senators tie it up. It's just really the story of the game for the Jets in that they're just a quarter of a step or half a step behind where they are on their details. They're not out of position per se they are where they are supposed to be they're just not reacting as quickly as they should be and on Mm -hmm. this one that's what you saw you saw Ehlers he goes after Tarasenko to try and uh, to try and uh, prevent the pass from coming from low to high from behind the net you have Nemesnikov and you have Perfetti and they're just a quarter a step behind uh behind uh Parker Kelly and it's on and off his stick it's a great pass from Tarasenko he's mm-hmm. got up to 19 assists on this year and it's a nice uh and it's a nice shot by Parker Kelly you know uh, who has the opportunity and is able to do so and so as a result it's 1-1 at this point you know 5 minutes just before 5 minutes into the third period Big thank you to uh, Mo uh, for uh, you know providing us with a little bit of cash and shout out shout uh, shout out to Jeff Stern. If that's my cousin Jeff Stern, then yes, shout out to my cousin Jeff <laughs> Stern as well. If it's a different Jeff Stern, then so be it as well. But we appreciate the support there, Mo. And I think I saw one from earlier from, from Perry. Perry William cousin. Yeah. So thanks to Perry as well uh, for uh, lining our pockets with a little bit of cash. It's unnecessary, but it is always appreciated. It'll pay for some. Uh, Food and
0: beverage uh, for both of us over the course of this weekend. Actually, Drew, what it pays for is the streaming equipment that that we're currently uh, using. But regardless, I I I do want to highlight this comment because it comes through Twitter. But it was funny because I got to give David Smith credit. I said, we have passed over the boring part first period to discuss the second period between Winnipeg and Ottawa on the legal, although I called it the I called it illegal guy post-curve post-game yeah, show. Spelling is difficult. It is difficult. Well, hey, when you're trying to pay attention during the show, it is. But yeah. David Smith wrote back, if you're going through the boring parts quickly, it will be the fastest post-game ever. So <laughs> that's a pretty good comment. Made me chuckle. Um, Sorry. So let's get back to what was your question, Drew? I was I just talking excited. about
1: the Senators' that tying goal, how the Jets were just sort of a quarter step behind. Yeah, it. And they were for most of the game, but you saw it, you know, you you
0: saw the visual evidence thereof on that tying goal. No, no, for sure you're right. And, and the one thing, again, you know, it's unfortunate because Sandberg and Schmidt are, are kind of caught standing behind the net and neither one is kind of wanting the puck at that point. Yeah. And then Schmidt tries to find, you know, him and and the puck gets intercepted by Norris who gets it over to Tarasenko. And like you said, Drew, I mean, they're just, you know, Kelly gets has a half step on Namasnikov. He can't get in front and it's just bang, bang, bang. And it's quick and it's quick. And that was the key, right? Because Connor Hellebuck had been making every other stop. Mm-hmm. That was a real quick play, and it's one all, and it's five minutes into the third period. So you're like, okay, well, you know, it's it, it just can't win them all. You know, it's not going to be a high scoring game based on the way things have gone through forty five minutes of that hockey game. So I wasn't anticipating that the thirty four game uh, record was was in jeopardy or any of the. To be honest with you, even the more than two goal record was in jeopardy. But the Jets winning, which of course is ultimately the most important thing of this hockey game, despite sure. all the re- the streaks and the records, those are all nice but the points are what matters. And the points are what put you back into first place in, in the NHL. So that is the focus and the way that the jets seem to kind of, to me, there was a lot of standing around and, you know, after they made it one, all the play that, that I highlight, at least my, for myself watching that game was the Josh Morrissey, Dylan DeMello kind of standing the puck is in between them. Yeah. And so Morrissey, it was nice of- yeah, it was, you're right. And so Morrissey standing there, he's kind of, and, and look, I'm not one to criticize Josh Morrissey because he's been so phenomenal. But again, he doesn't mean he's immune from criticism. And he just seemed to be standing there watching it, thinking it was DeMello's puck. And I think DeMello was watching it, thinking it's Morrissey's puck. Well, mm-hmm. the only guy who was thinking it's his puck was Brady Kachuk. So he <laughs> bowls the both of them, yeah. sets up what could have been a very good chance for the Senators. And DeMello has to kind of make a diving play. But to me, that was kind of indicative of the way the Jets were standing around and watching throughout the course of this hockey game. And, and ultimately, you had to make some last second kind of heroics or a Connor Hellebuck save to kind of bail your team out from some of the mistakes, the indecision, the indecisiveness that we saw in this hockey game. Yeah, you, you the Jets were not sharp, and you're absolutely right. There were a
1: number of indecisive plays uh, throughout the course of the game that you know very easily uh, could have bit the Jets in the behind. Uh, they didn't, which the Jets are fortunate for. But uh, that yeah. certainly was not. Uh, it was not a pretty game by any stretch. I mean, in third period, look, Ottawa almost won the game. Uh, what I would describe as in in regulation. Yep. You know, there was the puck that was sort of uh, Brady Kachuk again, where he he tried to knock it in off of the back of Connor Hellebuck and, and went, it up went up and over up on top yeah. of the mesh. I I mean, that could have very easily, uh, you know, as Greg Millen alluded to on the broadcast, that very easily could, instead of going up and, and onto the top of that, that drops down and mm-hmm. trickles down, hello bucks back, and, and the Jets are in trouble, and all of a sudden they might be trailing 2-1. They get into the third. They get into overtime, and you certainly uh, will take the one point at the very least because you haven't played very well. Uh, right. and, and you know, the worst case scenario means you still get one point out of this contest. But the overtime was an entertaining one. There were chances at both ends. And remember, Drew teams. before
0: before before you ruin it and for people who for people who don't know, you know, the end result. I think it was Ezzy who mentioned are, it on this... Are, are, are we not doing spoiler
1: <laughs> alerts? <laughs> What's
0: <laughs> but, happening on this post-game show? Are there no spoiler alerts? Exactly. But no, joking aside, I mean, I think it was Ezzy who mentioned it to, on this morning show. Yeah. That the Senators hadn't lost... I mean, I think it was only their fifth time they've gone to... Um, overtime or or a shootout oh i think third or fourth
1: or something it was even fewer it was even fewer than that they hadn't you're saying they hadn't lost in uh no 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 no, no, no. shootout.
0: no i don't i think it was only the fourth or fifth time i think today was the fifth time they've been in an overtime or shoot i don't think many of their games have gone to extra time is what i i think is what i thought it's fourth you're right because they have 13 they have 16 wins overall 13 wins
1: uh, in regulation, which yeah. means those three games, and then today was their first overtime defeat. So, this yeah. was their fourth overtime game of the entire season, which is uh probably the lowest number in the league. Although the Jets would be fairly low there as well,
0: yeah. That, and that was, I think, that was the conversation we were having with Paulie. Now that I think about it, Paulie, it was, yeah. two, who met, so it was Paul. I gave Ezzy the credit, but it was actually yeah. Paul who made, made a Ezzie comment. Don't give Ezzy any credit, I will try to re- remove that. But yeah, it, it was Paul who made the comment about overtime and, and special teams, and I'm pretty sure. I I don't want to say there was a Ginsburg guarantee, but it may have been that, uh that I'm that as he called it a two, one OT win. So well, he we'll, also we'll, called Lauren for being the goalie today. So he you did. Know, He owes you, you a you hundred dollars or whatever it is that he's, he's yeah. donating to you. But, but look, this is uh yeah. I mean, overtime was the complete opposite of what mm-hmm. we saw through 60 minutes. It was exciting. There were yeah. chances at both ends of the ice and, you know, Again, it's funny because I remember just before he scored, and I'll let you set it up. But before he scored, I was watching Nikola Eliares, and all I could think about was they should not let him come off for overtime. It's true; like he should literally not be allowed. They should call a t- they should save their timeout, use the timeout to give him a breather, and he should be playing all of over. You might want to have limited his minutes throughout the course of a hockey game. We're That's keeping you fresh in case of overtime. Nikolai. Sure. But in OT, that guy should be playing the whole five minutes. Yeah, you know he's or he, however is, long it's he, be.
1: He, he is dynamic at three on three, uh, and you know t- you know you mentioned timeouts. Credit to Rick Bonus, he did take that timeout. Yeah. You know when there was a defensive zone draw, I believe it was going to be next to Connor Hellebuck after uh, Hellebuck made the save. Uh, yep. He took a def- he took a timeout. The Jets won that faceoff, uh, which again calmed things down and settled things down. And before mm-hmm. we get into the Oilers overtime winner, spoiler alert: uh, something to keep an eye on. Gabe Velarde did not play in overtime for the Winnipeg Jets. So that is uh, something that is. I don't know if that's an injury-related issue, uh, you know, or what was going on there. But it is worth noting that uh, Gabe Velarde did not have any overtime shifts uh, for the Jets, which is a bit of a surprise because you think, you know, maybe overtime isn't necessarily where he's best suited. Um, yeah. You know, because it's more, you know, more of a, a of a
0: speed. Uh, you know, a, oh, throw Adam Lowry. You want speed? Give get. Oh wait. Yeah, you know Lowry. But you they know, want to win the faceoffs. I understand. I'm joking. Yeah, that was a face off related thing because so I don't kidding. think yeah, Nino Niederreiter
1: didn't play in overtime either. Um, mm-hmm. So again, not the you know, those two guys aren't necessarily the fastest players that the Jets have, but yeah. it was you know very much Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers. Those guys were the uh, the horses for the Winnipeg Jets uh, in overtime. So much so that Nikolai Ehlers ended the game for the Jets at the four twelve mark. He puts the Jets in the winning side of the ledger, and he's also the Seagram shot of the game. The Seagram shot of the game. Big thanks to our friends at Seagram's for their continued support. Of the illegal curve post game show, uh, if you're not doing dry January, or maybe you're doing a moder, uh, you know, a modified version. Sure. Of Obviously dry not. January, you, were, you were drinking, drinking an icy, uh... and I have my Fireball here as well. No, I'm not doing dry January. I like to keep a nice steady buzz on throughout the course of the 12 months of the year. Uh, that's my that's my base uh, baseline. But sure. if you uh, are are having a beverage uh, in tonight's uh, post game festivities or whatever you're up to tonight, may we recommend one of the fine Seagram products Seagram's 83 Seagram's VO or of course the fireball that I had handy our friends at Seagram's are proud supporters of the illegal curve post game show Uh, Nikolai Ehlers at three on three is just so much fun to watch, and he makes Jacob Chikrin just look silly. When you're flat-footed and Nikolai Ehlers is coming at you with a head of speed, you are in a lot of trouble. And Ehlers just walks Jacob Chikrin and then goes to the backhand and fires it past Yunus Corpusalo, assistant uh, Neil Pionk, and Vlad Nemesnikov. It's with 44 seconds to go in OT and the Jets escape the nation's capital with a 2-1 victory as a result of the Ealers'
0: goal, Dave. Well, first of all, and also, Drew, you got to mention the kicking the the puck up to his from after he makes the move on Chikrin, he kicks the puck up to himself. And then he makes that that backhand, as Don Cherry calls it, the hardest shot to block in hockey. And it was a beauty. I mean, was that his 16th goal of the season? 16th of the year. yeah. Yeah, I mean, this. Nikolai Ehlers is is again one of the most important players on this Jets club. I mean it just it it is what it is and and he is, you know, we we we've, we've we've talked about it, others have talked about it. You need a guy like this who's dynamic and can, you know, do the things that he's able to do. And remember, he's not at 100% because it was like last week where he was dealing with an upper body that made yeah. him questionable. Of course, he scored, I think, the game winner against Chicago, but (laughs) he he was dealing with, he's been dealing with something. So he's not at 100%. Then again, it's that point of the season, 44 games through, where nobody is at 100%. But well, that's why you got
1: to get through this week. Get through this week, and then you get your, you know, your week off, your 10 days off, whatever it might be. You know, then you get a little bit of a break.
0: Yeah. No. And, and so to me, that was a, it was a unbelievable play by Ehlers. I mean, you just, again, you just can't, the superlatives, as Drew Mindell would like to say, are, are, are plenty. To describe uh you know how how significant this guy was and how significant that goal was. And and look, it's 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 three on three, like anything can happen. And Kyle Connor had chances. Um, but you knew to me it was it felt like it was a Connor or Ealers type of situation where they were gonna have a chance to uh to end it. And and sure, and sure enough, Nikolai Ehlers does. I believe that was I could be wrong. I think I said his 32nd, but it's either his 32nd or 33rd um game winning goal, which is fourth all-time on the Jets. Kyle Connor, no surprise, has 47. Mark Shifley, 46. Blake Wheeler, 41. And Nikolai Ehlers in fourth with 32 or 33. So, um, I mean, no surprise, right, that, that Nikolai no. Ehlers would get that opportunity. And just to highlight real goal, and again, just, I think, to me, a testament of this Jets club, which even in games they don't deserve to win, they're winning, right? Like, this is mm-hmm. something we probably wouldn't have seen in years past. In a no, game they, where... They lose they this game in regulation last year. Right. I mean, that's, I mean, they, they
1: lose when, you know, in years past when the Jets weren't clicking on full cylinders, you know, when they, when they, everything wasn't going right, they were more likely to lose the game than, than find a way to win it. Just because, you know, when you're a team, it does take time to find a way to, to win games like this, where things aren't working, where you're indecisive, where the puck isn't connecting, you know, stick to stick, you know, things of that nature. The Jets don't win this game uh, in previous years. And I say that with a fair degree degree of confidence uh you know just just the nature of it you know today they find a way to do it but it, uh in, in years past i don't think they're, they're able to do that dave
0: yeah and and i'm going to highlight this comment from joe phoenix cuz i agree you know and you mentioned we mm-hmm. talked about it earlier but it's definitely no question that you know you're missing your number one center and that's it it was evident like you said drew earlier in the show it was evident that you were missing mark shifley i jokingly tweeted at a certain point, maybe it was in the second period, I said if folks remember when Elaine did the get well, get well soon, we want you to get well from Seinfeld, they may yeah. want to start singing that to Mark Scheifele, and we'll see again. Jets are scheduled right now to practice tomorrow in Boston, so uh, with I trust that Ken Weeb will be there for the Winnipeg Free Press, and whatever he reliably reports, we will have on IllegalCurve.com for your uh, edification, so that information will be updated if, as soon as we know it, but again, you hope that he skates, because if he does, then he's I'm not saying he's playing on Monday, but it means he's getting closer to that again. Or if he doesn't skate tomorrow, you know, then we'll see what kind of evaluation he goes through. Ultimately he's being given treatments, right? So that's what we're seeing from Mark. That's what we know with respect to Mark Schiffer. That's why he's on the road trip, which Mm -hmm. is a good sign because that means he's, he could play. And so, and it'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, again, anticipation, we can talk about this after um, of what they'll, what sort of roster moves they'll end up making. But ultimately, uh, like I said, this Jets club picks up a win. Connor Hellebuck was full marks for my for my for my money. Uh, yeah. If you're if you're if you're putting it out there, like he was he was the reason why they picked up two points. But you got to credit Nikolai Elyush for that goal because it was uh, spectacular. And as good as Connor Hellebuck is, he can't score goals. He doesn't have any to his to his name yet. <laughs> He's got some assists. I, th- I believe his dad Chuck was talking about whether he could score a goal. But as of right now, he doesn't have a goal. So, anyways, we'll see. Uh, what ends up happening, but as you said, Drew, you got the points which you're happy about. You move on, you focus on Boston, but you got to be tighter because, again, you know, first of all, you know that Austin, Austin I almost called him Austin, it's like from I that, like uh, from, a road, from trip. road Trip, yeah, yeah, but uh, where Austin, is he? Massachusetts. In Austin, Massachusetts, Austin, Massachusetts? Um, but anyways, that's a great movie, by the way, it's a complete aside. <laughs> um, but I will say that you know, Boston. I don't think they forgot the drubbing they received on December 22nd against mm-hmm. the Winnipeg Jets. Was that 5-1? Was that the final? Yeah, something it, it, it was a one it was probably it was a one-sided encounter. Uh, yeah, I think it, I'm pretty it sure it was 5 I'm pretty sure it was 5-1 for yeah. for the Bruins that night. I wasn't on the post-game show with you and but the fact of the matter is they got, you know, they they don't they probably don't forget. And the, look, it's a battle of two teams that are the top teams right now in the West and the East. Mm-hmm. So you know that Boston is going to be ready to go. And the Jets have to be ready. They have to be better. They have to be sharper. The special teams have to be better because, you know, again, I shouldn't say that the PK has been good. Yeah. The power play has to be refined. They need to focus. If you know, they've got this time, Drew. Now is the time to be focused on the power play. If you have an hour practice, forget about the five on five, because that's good. Figure out the power play. The funny comment from Smith from (laughs) Phil Smithson,
1: Boston on Monday, Austin Matthews. On Wednesday, and of course, next Saturday, where there'll be a full uh, Jets Leafs uh, broadcast. Uh, That'll be a big game next Saturday on home ice between the. I'm sure there'll be lots of Jets talk yeah <laughs> Dave righty before we wrap up the uh, the betway game recap a reminder this coming Wednesday the Jets and Leafs are gonna do battle it's gonna be six o'clock central time we're gonna be at Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue and we encourage you to come and join us come watch the Jets and the Toronto Maple Leafs and then stick around for a live on location edition of the illegal curve post games show. That's this coming Wednesday, Boston Pizza, Taylor Avenue. That's 1160 Taylor, the corner of Taylor and Nathaniel. Join yours truly. Join Dave M. Join Ezra Ginsburg, and all your friends and family. Join us all Wednesday, January 24th, 6 p.m. live at Boston Pizza on Taylor Avenue. The Jets win 2-1. Not the prettiest victory, but a victory nonetheless. The Illegal Curve post game show rolls on. Don't go anywhere. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk with you bottom of the 5 o'clock hour on this Saturday evening.
0: Your co-workers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job presented
1: by rumors for all the details
0: head to rumorscomedyclub.com
1: you guys ever wish for a game changer in life like finding out your favorite snack has zero calories or discovering the mute button on ezzy picture this a secret weapon for parking where you can book a spot a whole month in advance
0: tell me more drew Pre-book
1: your parking at really low rates, or maybe even for free if you use the code Curve. Free? What is this? Sorcery? The Grid Park app. It's a real secret weapon that has affordable game day parking, and to sweeten the deal even more... I love sweets. ...our listeners can use the code ILLEGALCURVE to park for free. Holy Zamboni! tell me about it just download grid park g-r-y-d park and use the code illegal curve all one word to park for free
0: the game can change Ah! just like that accidents happen when you aren't protected so now what getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference help prevent them from being game changers with Linden market dental center bonding crowns bridges and dental implants state-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game to learn more visit lindenmarketdentalcenter.com creating smiles
1: for life This January at Boston Pizza, every day is Pasta Tuesday. That means BP's famous pastas start at just $11.99 every single day. Create your own or go gourmet for just a few bucks more. Come on in for Pasta Tuesday pricing any day. Only this January at Boston Pizza. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay?
0: You look stressed.
1: Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in Chaos! Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem.
0: What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Roly's Transfer Moving and Storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Raleigh's and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rolys.com and they will take it from there. Thanks,
1: Dave. And thank you, Roly's Transfer Moving and Storage, online at com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. We're back on the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manook with you on this Saturday evening. In case you missed any of the Illegal Curve hockey show that happened earlier this morning, the uh, live replay or the replay of the show is available on our YouTube channel. And of course, the uh, podcast edition of the show is available, much like this show will be available in a similar way uh, right after there. There you go. CMac is finding out all about the Grid Park. And Grid Park is, of course, a loyal supporter Supporter of us here at the Illegal Curve post game show. So use code Illegal Curve and you can park for free with our friends at Grid Park. That is G R Y D Park. Tell them Illegal Curve sent you. That's the important pieces of information there, Mr. Manuk. The moose will be in action this evening. You're headed that way uh, in the not-so-distant future to spend your Saturday night in downtown Winnipeg.
0: I am. It's. I'm trading in my sweatsuit for a regular suit, and Stu Smith says it's only 5.30, guys. What am I supposed to do now? Hang out with my family? No, Stu. You can come hang out with me. Well, not we're yeah. literally with me, because Perry the Security Guard will stop you, but you can come and hang out at canada life and watch the moose take on the griffins and they'll need to uh, have a better effort today i suspect so uh had a 4-1 lead saw it dissolve yesterday ended up being a 5-4 ot loss yes but uh we'll see what this what's in store for these mooses uh coming up in the rematch tonight and of course we'll have that uh recap on illegalcurve.com
1: that's a, there you go, David. We'll have that covered in its entirety. Some more numbers from Connor Hellbuck as we know how great he was today again mm. for the Jets. He's now up to a 927 save percentage and That's a crazy. 2.15 goals against average. Our buddy Jim Toth reminds us that the year he won the Vezina trophy in 58 starts, he had a 2.57 goals <laughs> against average and a 922 save percentage. So just how incredible Connor Hellebuck is. And you absolutely, I think it was Ezi who tweeted this earlier this week and far be it from me to want to give him credit, but we mm-hmm. do need to normalize Connor Hellebuck as a heart trophy candidate. I know goalies, you know, goalies for whatever reason, aren't allowed to win that trophy, but he certainly is the most
0: valuable Under, like, player. Time's ever.
1: Say that again, Dave.
0: I think it's only been like what four times ever, something like that. But if yeah. you
1: know, if 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 not if not Howellbach, then whom? Because right now he has been that good for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, tough Duck, hardest hitting comment. We need to do that before we can wrap tonight's post game sure. show. The Tough Duck hardest hitting comment. We're gonna give tonight's Tough Duck hardest hitting comment to Shane dog Winnipeg. Woof, now I don't woof. know if Shane is actually a dog who can type, which would be pretty cool, or if Shane has a dog named, you know, you know, has a dog named Winnipeg, whatever it might be. Shane dog Winnipeg says this OT winner had to come from a one man effort because the Jets refused to go to the front of the net where goals are typically scored. And I tend to agree this was not the Jets' uh, best effort in terms of getting traffic in front of the net and making things difficult for Jonas Korpesalo. But Nikolai Ehlers said, Don't worry about it, guys. I'll do it <laughs> on my own, walking Jacob Tricker and then beating him with a backhand. So, Shane Dog, Winnipeg, congratulations on your victory in tonight's tough duck, hardest hitting comment. Send me an email, drew at com. or you can slide into my DMs at icdrew, and we'll make sure that we send you off a toque courtesy of our friends at Tough Duck for your witty and astute comment. The Jets 2-1 victors over the Ottawa Senators. We will next be in action, Dave M. On Monday night, the Jets head to Boston. Later tonight, they'll spend the off day, whether or not they practice or not. I guess I shouldn't say it's an off day. They're scheduled for a practice. They'll practice in Boston tomorrow, and then we'll have coverage of the Bruins and the Jets, the illegal curve post-game show, uh, probably around 8.30 or so, 8.30, 8.40, on Monday night uh, with the early 6 PM uh, central time puck drop. So we look forward to that and everyone joining us back here on our YouTube channel for that. As we mentioned, Dave M's going to have coverage of tonight's moose game. So you can stay tuned to at IC Dave and of course, illegalcurve.com for all the latest on the Manitoba moose as well Hi. as the latest. Go ahead.
0: No, sorry. I was just going to say quickly, yeah. uh, although he's gonna be disappointed because Tyrell Bauer is not playing, but I did mention to Tyrell Bauer yesterday after practice that his biggest fan is T Kona Pauli. And he was very he was very excited and he said, I would like to meet that guy. So oh I, you know that could be in his future. But I, I, I was I thought T Kona Pauly would be happy to hear that I mentioned him to Tyrell Bauer. So yeah, you, T Kona is uh he's Tyrell Bauer is very familiar with T Kona. Poly. You are you're creating you're creating a bromance right before our very eyes.
1: Uh, you got uh, there's Brent in Japan and Al in Cyprus and uh, <laughs> Dave and uh, Tyrell Bauer and T Kona Pauly all together. It's a beautiful thing that we're seeing here on uh, Illegal curve. A uh, big thanks to all of our sponsors: Rumors Restaurant oh, and let's go. Comedy Club. Oh, sorry, did I? Where's Frosty? Did he did he put it up there already? No, no, he okay. hasn't put it up there yet. There you go. Wherever Frosty is, we'll get him to put it up. Uh, Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club. Of course, I've been drinking this delicious Farmery beer go. throughout the course of the podcast. That is Illegal Curve beer, available at Farmery Brewing, number two, Donald Street, or on all of your delivery apps. Get yourself some delicious ice cold Illegal Curve lager, a great way to spend a Saturday evening. Grid Park, use code Illegal Curve to park for free. Our friends at Linden Market Dental Center. Zapia Group Realty, Betway, they're the title sponsor of this post game show. Tough Duck, we just gave away a Tough Duck Took. We'll do it again on Monday. Seagram's, Rollie's Transfer, and Boston Pizza, where we will be on Wednesday for the Jets and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Big thanks to all of you for joining us this morning and again this afternoon for the Illegal Curve post game show. As always, it has been an absolute ton of fun. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the YouTube channel, smash the like button, leave us feedback here, there, and everywhere about this fine program, and be sure to take tell your friends, tell your family the best place to be after each and every Winnipeg Jets game, and again on Saturday mornings, is the Illegal Curve YouTube channel. Jets win 2-1 over the Ottawa Senators. For Dave Manuk. I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Have a great Saturday, everyone. Whatever you do, be safe in doing so. We'll see you back here on Monday night. Until then, we wish you good night and good luck. And thanks for watching the Illegal Curve post-game show.
0: Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel. Follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, illegalcurve.com.